Hey everyone, welcome back to One Shot at a Time, a D&D podcast where we take a random prompt and turn it into a one-shot adventure. I'm your forever DM, Daniel Locke. Oh, I go now? <laughs> yes, that's your turn. You can say whatever you want, man. Oh, oh, okay. I am Daniel. Okay, no, I'm not. <laughs> oh, Daniel has returned. <laughs> My description was just a giant lie last time. Okay, good. Uh, no, but uh, hi, this is Andrew. Uh, just a, a, a fellow uh, D&D fan. <laughs> yes. Um, for those of you who have been with us this entire iteration of this podcast, may remember Andrew from season two when we did the Scooby-Doo uh, House of Horror or Mansion-esque episode. Um, and he's back. That was season two? I think that was season two, I believe, yes. It's been a quite a long time. But yeah, Andrew's my good friend. We played D&D together a few times, and he's decided to step up and join us for this rest of the season of the podcast as our good friend and co-host Daniel takes a break, along with his plenty of other personas such as Daniel Craig and Daniel Radcliffe and Two Thumbs Tony. But uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us, uh, or tell the audience here, a little bit about your D&D background or how you got into D&D. Okay, for those that definitely didn't just listen to season two, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, let's see here. Been playing D&D for a couple years now, uh, definitely been more of a player primarily on roll 20 a couple times at daniel's house but uh mm -hmm. yeah yeah you played D, D with me why don't you uh, tell me how great of a dm i am and just uh, rub my ego a little bit oh yeah like so many times when i kept on asking him to make rolls uh just because of the fact that i you know it's way more fun to see him do shit <laughs> you know yeah, yeah he just likes putting me on blast yeah, yeah exactly but yeah no it's been it's been fun uh definitely the last couple of campaigns are i guess one shots uh, I should say, uh, had definitely been, um, it's been pretty fun. Uh, first in person D and D games I played, so uh, it was a definitely a, a nicer or a, a different perspective. I should say the key word there was pretty fun. Oh, not great, just pretty fun. It's pretty fun. But yeah, it's okay. It's pretty fun. I need I needed to set your bar low so that when we you uh, know eventually if we get to like a campaign based setting, then mm. you know it's like okay, I I need to like push it. Yeah. It's easier for me to exceed those expectations. I gotcha, exactly. I gotcha. Yeah, you know, set the bar low. <laughs> low, low, low. <laughs> Anyways, um, but yeah, uh, thank you again for joining us, Andrew. Um, you've mainly been a player, if I remember correctly. And yeah. as a player, you've came to me today with a new prompt. After listening to our previous episode about Pokemon, you've decided to message me quite a few times, letting us know how wrong we are Yes, about okay, Pokemon. first off, okay, first I'm just going to say, okay, fighting is not strong against psychic okay all right it's Damn. gonna be the other way around okay uh do not send out your uh like a manky against a fucking like mewtwo okay but granted that's oh. that's a completely different matter but still <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like a manky going up against a legendary is probably pretty tough though okay. i don't actually know the meta fine abra uh but yeah no uh i've definitely been playing a lot of pokemon recently especially with um the new violent or uh, scarlet and violet mm, and yeah. granted you guys were very correct a lot of uh, stuff online about the performance issues. I get it. Yeah, a lot of glitches, funny-ass TikTok videos for sure, extendo men, and just Pokemon drowning in ponds. I mean, I... Yeah, okay, that's definitely happened many times in my game, but... <laughs> the, <laughs> but the gameplay, it's still... It's, mm. it's, it's closer to what Pokemon fans want. Okay, before we dive into the gameplay a little okay. bit, what is the wildest glitch you've ran into so far? Uh, huh. 
Oh, okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> okay, there was okay. So one time, uh, the beginning of the game. In the beginning of the game, obviously, just like in most games, you you know, with your mom, gives you all your shit. Yeah, go get yeah. your first Pokemon and all that. But the setting is kind of like that in a school. Super hot professors, yeah. Well, yeah, that too. Um, especially <laughs> if you play Scarlet, because the professor... Yeah, I'm just going to say. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, all right, I'm done here. We're, we're going to move on. <clears throat> anyway. Yeah, so you start off in the school. And uh, behind the school is actually pretty much where the Elite Four is. And you could kind of more or less glitch your way into that area. Past, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. So, like, uh, there was, like, I think I had, like, a level five, my, uh, I'm sorry, not level five, like, level seven starter, and I think I was fighting against, like, a level 40, I forgot what I was fighting, but anyway, uh, pretty much. Really clearly out-leveled you. Oh, yeah. It's like Dark Souls, you just took the wrong turn. Exactly, except the fact, you know, just a lot of status effects, poison, you know, uh, burns, shit, you know, definitely is how I rode that to kill that, that gain, like, (laughs) 20 levels but still <laughs> oh wow so yeah professional pokemon player right here just reamed him a level 40 pokemon no chance against this level 7 starter oh, yeah no just you know you got that get that burn in you know and there's a shit ton of potions uh and yeah that's pretty much it <laughs> okay and speaking about the gameplay like from what i've seen i haven't actually played the game but mm-hmm. it seems like it's a very open world pokemon game where yeah. you can kind of just randomly run into any pokemon do battles and then other pokemon will run across the screen and die randomly and it's like oh that's funny yeah so i mean uh, unlike previous uh pokemon iterations you know every pokemon is in the open world and you have the ability to see them before you even have a uh needing to have to fight them so if you really want, you could actually dodge every Pokemon in the game if you really wanted to. Oh wow! And then just, but it also makes the game a lot harder if you don't do any battles because then you're just gonna have weak Pokemon in the entire game. But yeah, yeah, no experience. What are you gonna do, right? <clears throat> exactly. Okay, that's fair enough. That makes sense. But we're not a Pokemon podcast. We're a D and D podcast. So today we're gonna use Pokemon again as a prompt, and we're gonna try to create a designated Pokemon trainer class mm-hmm. in D&D, and then create a one-shot adventure around it. That's going to be our prompt for today. And for all of you at home who's like, there's a Pokemon RPG that exists, it's good, use that instead. Hey man, this is a D&D podcast, and we just turn shit into D&D using its system, so play along with us, and maybe it'll be fun. Or maybe it'll burn, and then you can all tell us we're wrong. But it's a one-shot, so it's supposed to be not balanced. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Um, Which, adding Pokemon in will probably make it really busted. So yeah, you've been thinking about this a little bit, and you've been doing some research. How did you want to start with this particular prompt? I guess as we build this kind of class in in its own sense, are we doing it to the perspective of a player? Or are we trying to let the players have their own freedom of like a traditional fantasy D&D based kind of thing to you know so they could choose whatever uh, classes they want or to actually restrict them into this said uh pokemon class yeah i would say for me to make this interesting which we can always uh pivot here and there it would be fun to kind of adjust an original class and give them the ability to have pokemon and then see how that works and then we can always adjust the one shot to be allowing them to use the pokemon class or maybe just having the pokemon class uh, NPC existing in the world. All right, no, I like that. Okay, I think that can work. I'm just, I'm just worried in the way of. Granted, I did specify like unbalanced earlier, but uh, if if a DM had to work with like uh, one person throwing out like 
two Pokemon and now you have to deal with like essentially like 12 players. <laughs> well, I think we can clearly state that one of the rules as per actual Pokemon games is you can only have one Pokemon out at a time. Uh, double battles. Uh. Oh yeah, double battles. <laughs> but that's two people. Wait, I guess no, technically you can throw out two Pokemon. Oh yeah, that is. Okay, fine. We can say you have the double bu- battle buff or something later. We can adjust for it. Oh, so so that means we need to get... Oh, actually, wait, no, never mind. I was thinking like, I think the... I think there was like a beast master thing where it wants like I mean, guess most classes when they get multi-attack kind of shit <laughs> mm. yeah it could be a re- it could be a reason why when you hit a certain level you can now use two pokemon instead of one uh, okay as like a dm when i'm like approaching scenarios where characters have like multiple action economy one way that i make it easier for myself instead of them having separate initiatives i just have a move on the same play turn i have a move at the same turn as the player that makes sense and then as far as like making sure that the combat is balanced, you don't have to make equal numbers of enemies. I would just adjust the damage output. And obviously you don't want to just kill Pokemon straight <laughs> up in front of the players whoa, whoa, constantly. Whoa, whoa, whoa. First off, I mean, are we tailoring this to like Pokemon to like the PG crowd? Or are we going to be all like ruthless and like actual murder hobo Pokemon? <laughs> like, like the manga Pokemon? Yeah, where exactly. It's like, we're oh, talking about manga version getting, like, or like four kids TV We'll go for kids TV and jelly donuts. I think that's the better direction here. Okay. I think that's a good way to approach it from a game design aspect because it gives the players more reason to have their Pokemon out. So they're not afraid of them constantly dying. I remember watching critical role with Vox Machina. One of the big issues with uh, trinket, the bear Mm -hmm. that uh, Vixalia has is that it gets so weak later on, which is kind of the problem with Beastmasters that they didn't want him out all the time or they risk him dying. So, and if he permanently dies, it's, like, very, like, it affects the party and also, like, essentially the storytelling aspect. So, True. I think having, like, a safety net where, like, if a Pokemon is knocked out, it automatically goes back to its Pokeball and faints and can slowly recover. That way, it can't actually die. Unless we want to tie that into the one-shot with Team Rocket stealing Pokemon or something. But oh. we can work on that there. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, but from, like, a mechanic perspective and from a design perspective... I think it's important for players to want to keep using their Pokemon because that's the point of what we're building here. No, we no, want no, them to use no, their Pokemon it's to catch them all, Daniel. <laughs> oh, it's to catch them all. Okay, all right. Then the direction has changed. Now we have to give them the ability to constantly catch things. Okay. Oh man, do you remember? I, I you probably saw this, what? but like they're retiring Ash Ketchum as like the main character of the Pokemon series. Yeah, yeah. So I think okay. I don't know if it's like confirmed. I don't know if it's supposed to be like his daughter. But it's definitely going to be a female uh, protagonist now, I think. Are they still going to have a Pikachu, or are they going to have, like, a different Pokemon? Ah, Daniel, see, here's the thing. I don't watch Pokemon. (laughs) I just play it. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. Oh, man. One of the new Pokemon that I do really like, that I find very amusing, is the Mouse Family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot what they're called, but I heard that, like, oh, if you just keep them in your Pokemon, suddenly they'll evolve, and you'll have a mouse with, like, two kids. And I'm like, oh. Oh, so... Fun fact about that: there is a one percent chance where your uh, when it evolves, it to be a family of three and not four. Really? So they decided halfway through that's like, oh yeah, economically it doesn't make sense to have an extra kid. We're just gonna have one. Exactly, but it's like a one percent chance for you to to get the the, the family of three. Japan's promoting have more kids, except <laughs> for the one percent that lands one, and you're the <laughs> failure. No, I'm kidding. Kids are great. Probably, I don't have any. Well, I shouldn't have anything, probably. <laughs> ah, I mean, I, I guess. Uh, anyway, uh, besides the point. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the topic. Yes, but you're sidetracking but, us. But uh, on a popular note, that that same Pokemon also has a very uh, 
interesting move in which case uh it could attack up to 10 times uh what and, really yeah and if you honestly use a uh, i think king's rock on it it makes it so that it almost i don't say like guarantees it but it increases your chance to flinch each time by like i think like 46 percent so like that is like busted. in competitive you can use that in a way to pretty much perma flinch your opponent so that they never get attack off <laughs> I mean, if you have a family of four and they got two hands each, you're dealing like eight smacks per turn, you know? Yeah. Just keep throwing hands. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Walk into the wrong neighborhood, (laughs) sir. Um, Now they're a mob family for some reason. Okay. Uh, Cool, cool, cool. So I guess in this case, it sounds like the class that we want to start off with is the Ranger Beastmaster style class. And then we're going to work off that. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, I... I think just because of, uh, I mean, since I've been listening to the podcast, I mean, uh, I think we should bring back a a class that has been uh, ill, not the best sought out per other uh, host members in this in, the, in, <laughs> in this in this podcast. But yes, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna work with Ranger. <laughs> Rangers are very underpowered, sadly. Yes, and that's why we're focusing this particular class with the Ranger class. <laughs> In that case, working off that, I think there's also a similar class called, like, it's like the Dragon Rider or Drake Warden or something that came out in Fizban that is similar to the Beastmaster, except they use dragons instead, which is also pretty busted. And they can ride them, too. Interesting. Um, so you're saying if I get a Charizard, I automatically turn into a Dragon Master instead of a Beastmaster. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, unfortunately, I've never heard of that class, so okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. So we're okay. working with Beastmaster then. Yeah. So I I figured uh especially with like the whole point of trying to build relationships with with your animal animal companions and stuff like that. I don't know, it rang to me more of that to fit into this particular uh class design for a Pokémon master or trainer. Yeah. Um I think like key abilities for this class is that similar to the Drake companion that the Drake and Warden have is that you could have like a magical ability to summon your Pokémon and we can say that it's tied to these magical balls that are created. And uh, if we want to do like a very lore specific reason, and these bring out the Pokemon aspects, which speaking of Pokemon, there's actually a few D&D uh, third party supplements that actually build out like Pokemon stat blocks that you can just straight up use. Um, one of them being, gotta look it up because I forgot and I'm an idiot and I do not come prepared to any of the episodes I record. I mean, you're more prepared than I am. I literally just started reading the Beastmaster class, so. <laughs> yeah, clearly this prompt wasn't as random because we're just, you guys don't send suggestions. Send suggestions. Send suggestions. I should probably just record that line, put it backwards. You do that, and then uh, you put it, like you said, in the background. So that and then you put like a like a folk tale kind of, you know, just like very D&D, you know, fantasy-based bard. And then you put that along with the tune. Ah, smart, smart. So that's how you secretly exactly. embed subliminal uh, messages. Yes. Oh, subliminal. <laughs> that's the word, right? Subliminal messages. Fucking brain. Yeah, I, I believe the name of the. Um, oh my god, that tangent. Um, I believe the name of the third party creator is like Gonzalez Games. I haven't read through all the Pokemon there, but he has like one for each of them, especially for the Kanto region. So if you need at least some semblance of a start for creating those Pokemon for your world, I think that's at least something to start with. Or. The other option I think we discussed is that you could just pull monsters from the monster manual and adjust them to find what's similar. Like Charizard, literally a dragon. You could probably use a dragon. Maybe not give them spells, but 
I mean, Charizard kind of has spells. He has seismic toss. That sounds like a spell. You uh, you can literally use the fireball as a <laughs> as a mechanic. <laughs> yeah, he does have fire blast. But, yeah. Um, but talking about Pokemon, uh, another reason why I brought that up too is because uh, I think when we talked about it before, you've never really played Pokemon Arceus either. No, I've never played Arceus. I think the last Pokemon game I played completely was Sword. And prior to that, the last Pokemon game I played to completion was Silver. So there's actually a big jump since I last played Pokemon. That's okay. Okay, okay. All right. So as a little tidbit of knowledge here, okay? So, yeah. So uh, like most Pokemon games, everyone's familiar with Pokemon. Everyone has Pokemon. Even fucking five-year-old fucking has Pokemon. But in Arceus, Pokemon are treated more as wild beings, essentially like not a the ability to actually like they're more dangerous as pokemon are like these are just wild animals right like who lets their kid play with a dog that shoots fire yeah yeah that shoots fire like are you crazy exactly also some of these pokemon weigh like thousands (laughs) of pounds like there's like a meme where ash is picking up like a larvitar you're right yeah and it's like this guy weighs like ten thousand pounds are you high like how jacked is ash and it's like oh ash tried to throw hands with mewtwo and lucario <laughs> like geez this guy is ripped beyond belief no wonder he gets exactly. like all these jicks uh, <laughs> okay oh, wait, what were we talking about oh yes pokemon okay yes pokemon Arceus. yeah <clears throat> so anyway i bring it that up because technically with uh in the D fantasy based uh perspective you know uh, a lot of the creatures that you see are like People tend to avoid or potentially try to um, not interact with it, with with them in particular. Um, similar in Arceus, um, whereas you, as part of the village, essentially is um, your responsibility is to catch Pokemon over and over. The entire objective is just to catch Pokemon. <laughs> there's no, there's not really gym badges and shit like that. So it's just the sure, sure. catching mechanic, essentially. It's the actual gotta catch them all. Exactly. Uh, which is honestly Philip Beale's mm-hmm. PC. <laughs> uh, I don't think Bill exists in this one. <laughs> oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, you you, you, you kind of get it. But yeah, but with uh, with those beasts and monsters being a bit more on like looked as a dangerous as a danger kind of thing, it helps uh, the. I think I don't know about lore, but essentially the background for these uh, for this person to try to catch all these beasts, rather than everyone else kind of being like. Oh, I too have a Pokemon kind of thing. Yeah, I think that really sets the setting a mm-hmm. bit more for with the one shot that we're building yeah. right now. Because now it sets that level of danger of like, oh, no matter what Pokemon you run into, there's a high chance that they will fuck your yeah. shit up just because you've walked next to their zone of or what is it called their um territory. Yeah, you walk towards their territory. Of Thank course. you. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. So it's just like. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Andrew, Andrew's just here to fill in the blanks that I when my brain shuts off. He's like, he, these are the words you need. This is vocab. You got this, Daniel. Yeah, no, but yeah, like you walk near his territory, which explains why they just run at you and attack you, or maybe like you're near their nest or their hunting ground, and now you're about to get fucked. Speaking of Arceus, is the game itself based as like a prequel to like the modern name Pokemon world, or is it just like, oh yeah, this is a different region of Pokemon and? Maybe you're in a different part of the particular island they're on, and everything here just has to be more hostile to you. So, um, okay, so I never actually beat the game yet, so uh, people don't th- don't throw shade at me. But <laughs> fucking phony. <laughs> 
but uh, from what I can tell so far, it's more or less you're brought back in time, essentially. So uh, it's not necessarily... Oh, your character actually time travels. Uh, no spoilers. Can we add time travel into this world? I love time travel I know a lot, you do. Every one of my times... previous co-hosts <laughs> hate it so much. The amount... I love time travel storylines. It is like my favorite shit. That was, the first, like, Doctor Who that was is the first one shot you ran me. <laughs> Everyone's like, I hate time travel because story doesn't make sense. I'm like, fuck it. It's a D&D game. Story never makes sense. Let me travel back in time and create tons of paradoxes to fuck hey, with you it, guys. It's like this, okay? If I go back in time and I, you know, Thanos and I just, uh, as a kid, as a, as a baby, as an infant, wouldn't that mean that he can't snap? No, yeah, if you cut off Thanos' hands, he can't snap. That is correct. And that is the correct option there. It's like, if you kill Hitler, he can't snap and kill a bunch of Jews. But but if we had delayed that, then that could have increased the chance for more of a nuclear world war, which caused... Anyway, that, that, that's, let's go back. Yeah, we can butterfly <laughs> effect it. We know. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, but we don't know yeah, if we exactly. don't try. And then you have that Rick and Morty episode where like snakes from like every generation starts killing each other for like so hours. So I see how you get all your motivation for your one shots now. <laughs> oh yeah, no, everything I get comes from some weird pop culture reference that I only have half a mind of understanding. So that's perfect for Pokemon. Yeah, it's perfect for Pokemon. Okay, so we know a little bit about Arceus. We kind of have an idea of how the setting is set up where the Pokemon are a bit more hostile and dangerous. And it seems like the goal we're developing for the one-shot is the players and maybe the trainer, if they're separate, are on a hunt to catch as many Pokemon as they can. So it's kind of like a Monster of the Week-style one-shot adventure, which I think is pretty cool. Do you want to flush out more of the D&D class and the abilities of like a Pokemon trainer in this world? And are we going to put the players in that role? Yeah, so I mean, that's part of the question as from the like what i asked before like if we want to actually incorporate that as a class for the player to do i feel like that causes a lot more balancing uh in general even though it's a one shot and you could be you don't want one character to feel as though they're they're omnipotent compared to like a general fighter that because someone just want to play a fighter um that and i'm way too lazy to fucking put like levels for all of this like hmm let's see if i let's see level seven uh, should this guy get multi multi attack? Oh uh, no! But then you know, uh, no, no, I'm not, I'm not fucking deal with that. <laughs> yeah, I guess like from like a writing perspective, we could say like you gain a new feat, a new homebrew yeah. feat called Pokemon Master exactly. or Pokemon Trainer. And um, it's bestowed to you by Professor Oak or Willow or other tree names. Are all professors named after trees? Yes, Professor Elm Birch. Birch. We'll call him Professor Birch. You do know that's one of the professors, right? Fuck. <laughs> Damn it. I wanted a reference to Dungeons and Daddies because we both like it Anthony? and it did not work out. Well, we can't call him Professor Anthony. That shit don't work out. Um, what the fuck is another tree? Professor Sapling? Professor Sap? Let's see, uh, let's um, see here. Tree names. <laughs> uh, Professor Cucumber Tree. <laughs> Professor Cucumber Tree. Okay. <laughs> So Professor Cucumber Tree presents your party with a special item known as Catch'em Balls. <laughs> and it provides you the feat where you can become a Pokemon trainer. And that trainer ability is that from a design aspect, every player can have this. Um, but they can also use their own abilities to fight the Pokemon. And it allows them to catch a Pokemon. And they probably can start with one. I think one of the base rules is that if any of the Pokemon get knocked out, 
or our, like their HP drops to zero, they automatically return to the ball and need to spend a long rest to recover. Or Pokemon Center. I think long rest would work there, right? Like you don't really need to make them go to Pokemon Centers and talk to Nurse Joy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Do we? Whoa. I mean, do you not want that? <laughs> That's a good question. Do we not want them to talk to Nurse Joy? Is that going to be a problem? Are all of their characters going to be Brock and then we need a Cronut or whatever that frog Pokemon is to like hot block them all day? <laughs> okay, but it's part of an anime and every anime needs one of those flirtatious uh male um characters that always go for the any females in the, in, in the show we'll leave that to the dms at home no. to decide because <laughs> as from like a personal rule i don't want to role play that but... oh no, no 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 now you have to role play this i'm expecting oh, this okay, the next fine, time fine. we next... you run a one shot for us <laughs> all right andrew be ready for me to flirt with you hard yeah okay enough for tara to be all like um okay <laughs> What's going on here? This is getting a little too real. Is this fantasy or like we stepping on real ground? Should I be concerned? Anyways, uh, but yeah, like as far as like the Nurse Joy aspects, if you want to add that in for their long rest, like they have like a pocket dimension Nurse Joy that they can visit all the time for the storyline, or maybe they just have to find a Pokemon Center. A pocket dimension Nurse Joy. Sorry. <laughs> is that weird? To, is that is that actually weird? Hold on. Explain yourself, Andrew. I don't want to. <laughs> Okay, okay. You get to laugh on your own and not share your joke with me or the audience here. Or maybe the audience knows and I missed something. Fuck it. Email me at one shot at a time if you think I said something really dirty. Or you think what I'm thinking. All right. See if you can read Andrew's mind. If you can, I'll post it on Twitter. Um, unless it's actually like not safe for work, then oh, maybe not. Not maybe safe I'll put it for work. Okay. But um, working out the rest of this feed, I okay. think primarily is that your characters, you can either long rest or you have to see Nurse Joy to heal your Pokemon. They magically return to the Pokeball if they HP drops below zero instead of dying. Like, it's just if they hit zero, they don't do death saves. I think that's excessive and it would be kind of weird. Um, they should just pop in. Because in the Pokemon games, that's kind of how they work anyways. And then as part of your character class ability, we'll use the Ranger Companion where you have to use a bonus action to command them to do one of their abilities. And they'll probably be dropped down as, like, just singular attacks. Similar to how Pokemon is, where they only have, like, four, four attacks welcome. at a time. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. I haven't played Pokemon in a while. Okay. Yeah. I mean, okay, you know, I, I, think, yeah. I think that's a good way to do it. Unless you just wanted to focus as if the all your action economy will be based off the Pokemon that you have out. Because then you don't necessarily have to build too much on the char- on the class itself. Yeah, like directionally, I personally prefer like the players having their own yeah. abilities and then just having a bonus action to command their Pokemon. So it kind of feels like they're fighting side by ah, side to take okay, down okay, like okay, okay. a bigger Pokemon, like okay. a raid in uh, some ways, like a Pokemon raid. Someone's been playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing Pokemon Go, except in Pokemon Go, you don't really do. Like you don't you don't jump into the world and punch Pokemon. Oh, true. Throw balls at them. Fair enough. But I think those are like the base rule set here. I don't think you need to have add any more as far as like leveling up Pokemon. This is gonna be up to your DM and how much experience they need to gain. But I would assume that like you could probably do every two to three levels. They hit a milestone and then their Pokemon can evolve, or maybe they need to do stone evolving if you specifically wanted to go that route for evolutions. I can't give you an exact number for the experience because that's going to be based on your campaign, so I do apologize. Oh, yeah. 
Or if you use experience. <laughs> yeah, or if you use experience at all. Honestly, like, this might be a great ch- choice for milestones. I get that the original Pokemon game does use experience to kind of, like, garner evolution and fighting, but if you have a story tied to it, especially if it's a long four campaign. Or you have to just walk a Pokemon a thousand feet. Yeah, maybe you just have to walk a thousand feet. You gotta walk a thousand miles before your Pokemon evolves, okay? Okay, yo, you joke about that, okay? There's three Pokemon in the new game. We literally have to do that. What the fuck? Is that, like, <laughs> new fun mechanics? Is that a fun mechanic for people? No, it's <laughs> not. I literally had to walk around the entire town. But you got a motorcycle. Just to you be got like, a motorcycle, okay. so you don't have to walk at exactly. all. Exactly. But you... No, no, no. But you can't... Like, the thing is, if you move too quick, it goes back to its ball, and it restarts the, the pedometer. Wow, that is actual <laughs> bullshit. That is... The, that is actually stupid. <laughs> Is there, like, lore reasons? Like, do they have to run enough to get enough cardio to evolve? Is that how that works? No. They just wanted to say, oh, this... Th- people will like this. No. People don't. People don't like that. Some guy at, like, Nintendo is just like... Or some guy at Game Freaks is just like, yeah, I love marathons, and I want people to experience it through the game like I do. No, no. It's because everyone in Japan walks everywhere. That's true. They do walk a freaking lot. Wait, so does it actually have a phenomenon in your switch no there's not you fucking have to count or you have to just like okay i think you walked enough let me give you a rare candy wow that is dumb <laughs> that is actually dumb <laughs> it's like oh it wasn't enough gotta keep walking <laughs> honestly it's, it's not that it's not that bad probably takes like 10 minutes of in-game walking or not in-game but like real-time walking so it's just like you crouch and you just walk I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to edit your backtrack off, and it's just going to be you very furious about this. Oh, (laughs) yeah, that's fine. (laughs) I'm kidding, I'm kidding. If you make it sound good, that's all I need, that's fine. (laughs) All right, that's fair. Anyways, um, back to the ability. Like, we kind of talked about how the Pokemon works if they faint or pass out, essentially, and essentially their action economy. I think outside of that, they could probably take the standard attack action, dash, disengage, or help action if needed. Um, that way it's kind of like, oh, you and your Pokemon companion are helping each other during the fight. But overall, I think with this feat that we've, this homebrew feat we've designed, it kind of allows you to have like a Pokemon companion that you, your fantasy character can fight alongside with while taking down bigger Pokemon. What do you think? Uh, I think that works, especially with the fact that like every Pokemon game, when you're in combat, you have moves, you have Pokemon, items, and, and literally run. So I think what you just said matches up to exactly that. (laughs) All right, perfect. I am a Pokemon design master. Game Freaks, please hire me. If you do, you'll do a better job. (laughs) Okay, cool. Wait. Okay, so let's move on to the one-shot adventure, okay? okay? So I think the story hook... Well, I I have an idea. Before I pitch mine, I want to see if you have any ideas for how this hook should go. Okay. I was thinking about a couple things. Either... Uh, the direction if you want to go with like a rival base kind of thing so which would allow it to end as a one shot because then you're mm-hmm. going with either an npc that you ha- they have a specific rival or maybe they have a challenge or something that they have to do to obtain either a pokemon or an, or an item held behind of a dangerous pokemon or creature uh okay and then if you were to do something like that then you, you know there's some battle mechanics that you'll have uh, as you go maybe it'll end with you fighting your rival or them fighting their rival and maybe you guys partake in that because for some reason they got a fucking legendary and now you guys have to battle a 
CR10 dragon some bullshit. <laughs> I like that, actually. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. Okay, if we're going to go with that, I want to know what you're, you're thinking. So my original idea was that the players would get some starter Pokemon, and their goal is to just catch, like, three different Pokemon, just to, like, and that was going to be the adventure. And maybe, like, at the end, they bring it back to the professor, and uh, then they have to, they get, like, a rating based off the Pokemon they catch. Um, and uh, that's so essentially you have played Arceus. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. But I like yours better because it adds a little bit more conflict, right? Because now you have specifically a rival group. So now I'm imagining, yes, we're still doing the very hostile Pokemon setting, but maybe they're in a school or maybe they're part of like a academy or maybe a guild and they have a rival group who's trying to catch Pokemon and there's a competition at the end. And at the very end of the one shot, they battle their rival with whatever Pokemon they were able to catch. This way, we probably have to create a catching mechanic too. Oh, I, I got that. See, this is what you're going to do, okay? All right. <clears throat> you roll a D100. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just roll one D100. Yeah, you roll a D100, okay? As it, it, like percentile dice. Mm-hmm. And then depending on, say, if you're going, okay, so if you go based off of like uh, a traditional, you know, Pokemon, and you want to... Where they have to hold up B at the same that, time. Whoa, I went so down that, B. You went up B? Oh, down B. I went up B, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. different part. We're from different parts of the world, you know? Fair enough. Anyway, so yeah. So you can either do like if you want to do... If you have like a regular Pokeball or a Great Ball or Ultra Ball or maybe even a Master Ball, then, you know, you could kind of uh, tailor it so that your percentile dice would indicate that. But, oh, I mean, if okay. you want, if you want like to go that. easier, everyone just has a fucking uh, D20, you could do the same thing. Yeah, no, I like the percentile dice, because I think that makes sense for Pokemon. I mean, you could do the D22 and have different pluses for the balls. That's also a route. But we'll say, for this one-shot adventure, they'll just have standard Pokeballs, but they have one maybe Ultra Ball. I don't want to give them Master Ball, I don't want to give them a Guarantee Catch, because that's kind of... Okay. I think that's not as fun. As for a one-shot adventure, because this part of the adventure challenge, I'm thinking, is that you actually have to do your best to weaken the Pokemon mm-hmm. enough and increase your percentage chances of catching said Pokemon. Oh, yeah. And then stronger the Pokemon means that lower the chance normally. And then as you yeah. weaken it, that... Yeah, so I feel like that's that's, exactly. a, that's a fun mechanic. Yeah, so playing off of your catch mechanic, one of the rules would be that if you knock the Pokemon to halfway health you increase your chance to catch it by maybe 10 or 20%. And if you knock it below to like bleeding, you increase the chances to like 70% to catch it. And then if you knock it to like one health exactly, it's like a 99% chance to catch it or a 98% chance to catch it. And maybe you can implement status effects too to increase your chances too. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the exact number is how Pokemon does it. You might be able to reference it from a Pokemon game. But as like a quick rule for the Pokemon they'll run into in the beginning, which you can pick your favorite Pokemon you like. For me, I think one of the Pokemons, I'll pick a Pokemon and then you'll pick a Pokemon for an encounter. I think I would love to see a, um, what is that? Ah, oh, shit. Um, what is that Pokemon? It's like Gudon. It's like from the first series. From the first series? Oh, wait, sorry. What Pokemon? It's like, it's like kind of like a Rhino, but it's like Rhydon? really hard. Yeah, right on these nuts! Ah, uh, you got me. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> oh, uh, I can't believe I fell for that. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you, Richard, for that. 
he i've been thinking about that like since we started recording like how am i gonna set him up for this (laughs) but yeah i I would say one of the pokemon you could do is right on um just because fuck it um right on is a pretty funny pokemon and you could probably have like a lot of them and it could be like a stampede that you're fighting and they seem like a very aggressive pokemon looking thing so maybe that's one of your pokemon you have to deal with what's another pokemon maybe they have a chance of catching here Hmm. Do you know what a slugma is? No, but I can look it up. What's it called again? No, I'm kidding. I honestly, I kind of want. I just, I was just trying to make you say slugma so that I could literally do another D's nuts joke. But <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say slugma. You just weren't fast enough. Ah, fair enough. You got to be fast on those D's nuts jokes. Ah. Richard knows. Richard knows. Okay, sorry. Anyway, what was your question? <laughs> I was too focused on that. Don't worry, you'll get me next time. I believe, I believe. Um, what Pokemon would you like to be in this uh, one-shot adventure? Like, what are they looking to catch um, for this competition? Okay, so I think if you want to do it that way, or we should look into if the end goal, essentially, prior to maybe, like, a, a final fight with your rival is, are we going for, like, a, not legendary oh, Pokemon, okay. but, like, a, obviously a lot stronger Pokemon at the end? Um, oh, because okay. if you wanted to do something like that, then depending on like weaknesses and shit, then we could kind of tailor it to, uh, say like maybe they have lightning resistance or fire resistance, um, and then you know stuff like that could also play a factor in what Pokemon you can catch. Okay, let me circle up back a little bit and explain my idea. Mm. So my thought is that the players come into a guild for catching Pokemon, okay. and the setting they have is like Arceus where the Pokemon are very hostile. And they are in a competition with a rival group of Pokemon trainers looking to catch as many Pokemon they can today. And at the end, their final confrontation is with the opposing Pokemon trainer and their Pokemon. So whatever they catch during the day of the one-shot adventure, they will use at the final encounter against a rival party who, may, who will also have caught Pokemon. And you wouldn't know exactly which Pokemon they would have because you don't know where they're going. Or maybe you can hint at it. Okay. But it's not like they're going up against a legendary Pokemon unless that's uh, the idea you want to go with, which we can definitely set up for too. No, I think I think that could work. Um, I'm trying to think if in that scenario, if it's always best to... So if that's the case, then you definitely need... Okay, okay, okay. This, this is what you want. All right. You need an Eevee. Okay. <laughs> I, I do love Eevee. It's my favorite Pokemon. Oh, yes. Yeah, my dog's name. Thank you. I, I get it. <laughs> but yes, if you have an Eevee, okay, now you... The dog's nuts. <laughs> my, no, my dog my dog is, is nuts. She goes fucking crazy. Um, yeah. But she, you... I, last time I was there, she like head-butted me. I was like, <laughs> holy cow, that hurt. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but no, that, that could uh, tailor into like an evolution kind of thing. And if you really want to do maybe like a random... Uh, evolution or evolution then you could do literally roll like a a d8 um and then based off of what you roll turns into that specific uh, evolution Mm, that's true yeah because there's the happiness mechanic i think giving them an eevee is smart because it gives them the player a chance to now have a pokemon that can hit any element that they need and also it opens the chance for players to role play for information gathering on the opposing team so Maybe you see the the opposing party with their Pokemon, and then you're like, I wonder what they're going to take for the tournament, and you can go and like spy on them, talk to some of the other people at the guild, or see what region they're in. Maybe they're in a heavy water region, and you're like, oh, maybe they're going to grab some cool like water Pokemon, like Tentacruel, 
Or maybe they went to like a fire volcano region. Now they're going to grab like magmar instead. So it kind of like gives you this opportunity for an extra level of role play of information gathering as part of the one shot. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like that. That's definitely where I was going toward. Yes. <laughs> Good. See, mind melded. We know what we, we both are thinking, right? <clears throat> yeah. So I, I feel like that's a, that's a cool mechanic to introduce if, if that's something that they wanted to do. Or they just, you know, flat out use a regular EV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true too. And that Eevee could use Headbutt yeah. and hurt me a yes. lot. Um, so that's one of the Pokemon we're thinking of. I think Eevee is like probably the best. And I was thinking Rhydon would be just be fun. I'm not, I'm not falling for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Maybe Slugma instead, right? Okay. I do believe that any Pokemon you pick for this adventure is fine as long as what you're setting up is like if you want to give them that opportunity to do information gathering roleplay and work in it as an encounter, these are like a great option. Eevee, in my opinion, is perfect for this, if that's what you want. Or a simplest solution is just to have two or three Pokemon that they run into, they catch those three, and if they catch all three, they'll have three extra Pokemon to use during the final battle. Because that's going to also be part of it, because they're going to have to try to catch them too. And sometimes bad luck happens, and maybe they don't catch it, right? And that's why, you know, it's the one-shot part. So then you guys can fuck around and hit their Pokemon and not fuck their Pokemon, but, but hit their Pokemon. You know, you add, you add that little spice in battle. Yeah. What do you think happens if the player goes down or the rival Pokemon trainer NPC goes down that they're fighting at the final battle? Like, does the Pokemon just stop acting? Or, like, is that, like, maybe the primary target? Because now this adds, like, a new layer of strategy for the combat encounter at the very end? That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, because in one way, like, that is a big target for the players if they're, like, attacking directly the trainer, and if you knock them out, they can't use the rest of their Pokemon. That's a pretty heavy hit. But in the same way, it's kind of like a fun game mechanic where it's like, catch do you attack you the Pokemon that's threatening? Because it's, yeah, catch me if you can, right? <laughs> Because their Pokemon might be weaker than the actual trainer, who's like maybe has like a higher health level, more HP pool. So maybe knocking out the Gremlins might be a smarter choice. It's I don't know what the exact answer is. I think I would for at now, if I was running the one shot and I was short on time, if the player gets knocked out or if the NPC gets knocked out, they can't use their Pokemon. Okay, they can't call them out, but other players can grab their Pokemon to use them. Or or this is what you fucking do, okay? You bring it back on the players by if they were to attack the opposing NPC, the one, you know, the evil one or whoever the fuck you're trying to be. The rival. The, okay, fine. The rival. You're blue. Yeah. You're Gary. Yeah. Okay. This is what happens, okay? They fall down. The Pokeballs uh, fall from their pockets or some shit. Now you have to fight all four of them at once. <laughs> oh, that's actually really cool. I do like that because. Now the trainer is out of the battle, but all of their Pokemon yeah, are out. And because okay. they saw now their uh, their um, master or their their human uh, on the floor in trouble, now they're going to be enraged and now going to want to seek revenge. I like that. I like that. Okay, so I think that's how the final encounter would work. There would be four rival trainers, and they'll have... I think each of the trainers will have two Pokemon. So you're going for the, like the Elite Four kind of thing? <laughs> well, not exactly. I, I think they're just rival oh, trainers. Okay. I don't think they're like... 
I, I still imagine this being like an earlier level, like under level ten. I assume the elite four would be like level twenty fights. No, 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 no. <laughs> definitely. I feel like this is like a three to five kind of thing. Okay, yeah, level three to five would be reasonable, so the characters aren't super overpowered, yeah. and probably a little bit more balanced on the mechanical aspect. Because I'm sure if you're like level ten or twelve and you're chucking like big spells at Pokemon, they're probably gonna die pretty fast. Yeah, unless you pump them, which you might have to. So definitely adjust that for your characters as needed. But yeah. I would say that the final encounter would be four rival trainers, or however many are in your player group. So for each player, there's a rival trainer, and they face off. But kind of like a tag battle, your Pokemon can jump and fight each other, and then the players can also run in and fight each other. But the individual players should also know that if they get knocked out, then all their Pokemon come out, but you can't command them. Then I... No, you, I think I think as, a, as like a natural instinct, they know what you want them to do okay so it's not like a verbalized a command essentially for them but they it's good the bond the bond you formed with your pokemon they know <laughs> oh, okay yeah, yeah the one that you just got yes, exactly and beat up yeah. a few seconds ago <clears throat> exactly okay, cool, no cool, yeah cool. They, they 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 become submissive and then now they understand i think that's the best route here because it makes it it would probably feel bad to get knocked out your pokemon are all out and then you can't actually do anything with them, and you just have to watch everyone else fight. Now you can at least still control your Pokemon, although definitely Pokemon are going to be weaker than the actual player characters in these scenarios, I believe. We don't have to. <laughs> yeah, they don't have to. They could be really strong and just murk your player characters, too. Hey, okay, here, here's um, the thing. Okay, So the way, I think, uh, for Beastmasters, your animal companion or whatever is supposed to be like, what? Technically, like a one-fourth of your, of your current level. So you should be... Mm-hmm. If you're playing a 1v1 against their Pokemon, they probably would be on par to you. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that makes sense. Okay, that's a reasonable way to set it up. And it kind of also explains like the whole Pokemon badge mechanics. Yeah. You don't have enough badges to control yeah. like these high-level Pokemon. Yeah. yeah, so it also probably can... like In the same vein, you can set it up so that if they try to catch like very big Pokemon like Charizard, um, 1% Zapdos, chance. You gotta, you gotta, let, you gotta let them have it though. You know, if, if they get that, if they yeah. get that one hundred on that, on that D hundred, <laughs> of course, yeah, you definitely gotta let them have it. But I think you could do the Ash Ketchum thing where you can't control your no, Charizard yeah. because it's too strong. Yeah. Okay, it doesn't listen to you. It thinks you're a punk ass mm-hmm. motherfucker who didn't earn your right. You just got lucky with an Ultra Ball or something. Yeah. Okay. I agree. That's, that's a that's a fun mechanic. I, I like that. So, uh, just to circle back. Um, the characters are battling a rival in a competition, and at the very end of the day, after catching as many Pokemon they can, which you'll probably only have time for two encounters, honestly, maybe three, and maybe and one of those encounters can be an information gathering encounter to figure out what Pokemon your rivals are catching, so you know where to catch like the opposite element Pokemon that would better suit your party. Or if they don't care about that, just let them catch whatever Pokemon they want to catch, like they're really into. Because it's a one-shot adventure, and you're kind of just testing out these rules anyways. I don't see why they can't catch, like, I don't know, what's a fun Pokemon? Squirtle. Yeah, Squirtle. Everyone loves Squirtle. Squirtle needs... Oh. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, Squirtle. <laughs> Did you try another D's Nuts joke? Did it just not land? No, 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 no. No, you, you, you're overthinking it. You're overthinking it. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, Andrew, you got to commit, okay? <laughs> when it happens, you just got to go, like, bam, in your face, Daniel, okay? I I, I, bet, I bet you'll get this by the time we finish recording our last episode. <clears throat> I'm holding to that. Anyway, I think easy, especially if you're talking about that website that you're talking about, uh, if, especially if it's tailored to more of the original 151, uh, it might be easier because then you don't have as big of a pool of Pokemon to choose from. 
That's also true, yes. Because that would make balancing a nightmare. Honestly, like, as a DM, like, you're balancing as you go, especially with these kind of adventures. And, like, when you're playing with your characters, you'll find out, like, oh, this X, Y, and Z doesn't work. This health pool is too high. This attack is too strong. This particular Pokemon is just busted. I mean, to be fair, a lot of Pokemon in the Pokemon games are really busted. I never knew Chansey was such a fucking tank until I watched, like, pro players play Pokemon. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Chansey, and then uh, soft-boiled, and, uh, sorry yeah clearly andrew knows a lot more about the professional scene than i do yeah all i know is trick room is a thing trick room is a thing you are correct yeah (laughs) things that exist in pokemon i can list them off too oh berries exp share are we adding these in in there we got berries (laughs) um it might be some cool effect to add on later i think for the adventure we've designed today this is like enough to start off with and probably a place for us to play on in the future or for any other dms that do take this idea and want to run with but the key factors is is like the homebrew feat for being a pokemon trainer is that your pokemon don't actually die they go back to your ball the reason for this is that we want the players to use the pokemon uh consistently and not be afraid of just losing them permanently this isn't a nuzlocke challenge all right you can do a nuzlocke challenge if that's what you want but um that was not how we originally designed it the pokemon they can catch can only be a challenge rating of one fourth or lower I think that's how they set up for Beast, but maybe for this particular... If you're going to go higher level, maybe it has to be like half the player's level per AC, depending on what you're making, or you just have to balance it to be fair. And then the actual one-shot adventure, the hook is the player has a rival group that they're trying to beat in a Pokemon competition. They have a day to catch as many Pokemon as they can, and at the end of the day, they have to fight each other to see who reigns supreme, and the winner gets a master ball. Ooh, I think that'd be a great way to end the campaign by giving the players like this coveted super Pokeball that can catch anything they want. I like that. Yeah. And then, you know, now they're blasting off again. And they're blasting off again. Oh, man. If you really want to extend this campaign, this into a full campaign, Team Rocket could definitely exist. (laughs) There could be a Giovanni. There's a Meowth that keeps talking for some reason. And you can steal that Meowth. I mean, there's a lot of direction you can go with this. Um, overall, I think this is a very interesting application because I always find it odd that Ash Ketchum can throw hands with Pokemon and not die. I mean, he's the embodiment of the workforce, Daniel. He, he's he's okay. a 10 year old that has 20 years of experience. That <laughs> The immortal 10 year old. Yeah. God, that sounds like a D&D character. But in a way, yeah, like. Your fantasy characters with their powered up abilities probably can throw hands with Pokemon. So essentially in this world, Pokemon are monsters, which I guess they are pocket monsters is what they call them in Japan. So it makes sense. Don't three too, don't think too much about our previous episode where we compared it to cockfighting. So. Yeah, I think I think this is definitely uh, more tailored to a, the Pokemon <laughs> aspect. And, you know, like, it's a one-shot adventure. You can run things out. You can test things out. Maybe try different Pokemon. Adjust the challenge ratings that they can catch for sure. And just, like, let them use certain Pokemon that they love. If someone likes a Dragon Knight because it's cuddly, maybe there's a level 2015 Dragon Knight that exists that didn't evolve or evolved early. Eh, it could happen, right? Is there anything else you think we need to add here, Andrew? Or No, I think that's pretty much it you know i feel like you got a good background and objective essentially for your uh for your players uh i think a lot of it will be dependent on what they kind of want to run uh if they want to actually 
be a Pokemon master or if they want to be or trainer, I guess, or, or like a, just a regular D and D based uh, character and maybe use those particular skills. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I definitely agree. So, I mean, like this is how we added Pokemon into D and D. Of course, if you want to try the Pokemon RPG, definitely go ahead. There is one that exists and I definitely recommend looking into it. It might be the game that's perfect for your table. Are you going to run it for us? Uh, that way I, don't have to I mean, learn if you guys are interested, <laughs> yeah, you guys have to learn it too. Whoa, whoa, whoa. you're going to learn it and explain it to me, right? <laughs> I guess, yeah. Okay, so this is the tangent that I'm about to make that might get people like pissed off you at me. You don't like Pokemon. Oh. No, I love Pokemon, <laughs> but I also love playing tabletop role playing games. Oh, yeah. But the reason I do, or I, the reason I always like finagle things into D&D is because everyone knows D&D. Everyone's seen something about D&D and it's easily relatable and easily explainable to people. I don't have the time to learn another RPG <laughs> as much as I would love to and just spend all my days, but having, you know, a full-time job doing podcasting, all this other extra stuff, you don't really get the chance to just sit down, read a whole book and be like, time to teach four of the people who've never heard about it the exact same rule set and also convince them to try a new rule set. Yeah. Tangent over, but it's okay, Daniel. Deep down, we all understand. I've had Gloomhaven literally in my closet for the last year because I'm way too fucking lazy to set it up. <laughs> you know, Gloomhaven has a Steam yeah, I know. version, right? Yeah. It's all set up. Yeah. yeah, but that also requires everyone else to buy said Steam version. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, it is how it is. But if you want to play Gloomhaven or you like Pokemon, why don't you give our podcast a five star review? On Let us know if you enjoyed this new Pokemon one shot adventure. If you did, email us at one shot at a time cast at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at one shot at a time, assuming I didn't get taken down because I do have a link tree on my Twitter profile. And for some reason, Twitter support says that we're not allowed to have it. Or maybe that got changed. I don't know. Elon Musk has been doing a lot of stuff on Twitter that has been going wild. So that's a dumpster fire. Maybe that'll be a prompt in the future. But yeah, outside of that, please leave a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen. really helps us out a lot. Bumps us on the algorithm. Definitely tell your friends uh, about this podcast. If you like D&D, if you like Daniel and Andrew, or just D&D, or Daniel and Andrew, or Pokemon, and people getting Pokemon wrong, and then Andrew coming in to correct us about said Pokemon, definitely a possibility. Either way, um, word of mouth helps us out a lot, so please tell your friends and share this podcast with them. But also, uh, as a last note, just to let you guys know, FYI, um, you can learn every TM. <laughs> uh, thank you for that clarification, Andrew, and to call us out on how we are wrong again. Anyways, see you guys all next week, same time next Tuesday. Bye-bye for now.